Welcome back to the Bearcat Tip-Off Talk podcast presented by Donahue Accounting Services. For friendly expert tax advice whenever you need it, come to Donahue Accounting Services. A leading accounting firm in Cincinnati, Ohio, our top-notch accountants strive to help you resolve all your financial and tax issues. Call Donahue Accounting Services today for a free consultation at 513-528-3982 or visit online DonahueAccountingService.com. I'm your host, Alex Meacham, former Bearcat basketball player from 1997 to 1999 under the Hall of Fame coach, Bob Huggins. And I'm Neil Meyer of the Front Office News. I'm JT Smith, editor-in-chief of the Front Office News. All right, fellas, we're back for another episode. Let's jump right into it. The Bearcats are currently 8-2 after losing to Dayton, 68-82. JT, thoughts on the Bearcats' performance? Man, it was rough. It was uh, uneven. I mean, I feel like they had like good <clears> – <throat> They had a good start, like the first like three or four minutes, and then once UD figured them out, it was it was rough, man. I think uh, Holmes it was tough for the uh, the two big lineup, and uh, Bearcats didn't turn the ball over. They just shot. They didn't shoot well again. Um, they didn't shoot good from three. That didn't help. And then they put UD on the line way, way, way too much. It was some questionable calls at the end of the day when. You know, they got one player going 14 for 14 from the line. That's normally not going to lead to a win. And I just thought, like, with it being a neutral site game, I thought UC would have had a little bit more juice, man. I just think they um, looked a little step behind, a step slow. Like, they, the other team was getting wherever they wanted for the most part and um, ended up burning them, man. Um, just shooting, shooting. If you don't score buckets, it's hard hard to win a lot. And if you're not getting too many stops, it doesn't help either. But um, shooting under twenty, under twenty six percent from three, is rough, man. In a lot of these games, so it's, it's something to keep an eye on. You know, you, you just said something, uh, JT, that I thought during the game. I, I thought there were some questionable calls, um, and you know that the at the time the score in which there were some calls that I didn't like from the officials. I'm like, dang, should West get a T here? But it yeah. was it was too cl- it, the game was a little too close. Yeah. Do it. You know what I mean? Yeah. It was crazy because um, it was uh, the lady, because it was three ref, refs. I don't know their names. I never really paid attention to the names. But the the ref on our side, me, where me and Neil were sitting, um, she was, like, whistle happy, but she missed a lot of travels. And then it was, like, a couple of clean plays that she missed, too. But she was blowing it. If it was a, a slight bump, and on the other end, the Bearcats end, I mean, Aziz got pushed on an alley-oop yeah. like two times in the For back. Sure. Like one time the dude just went football. He went like he was jamming them at the line, pushed them in the back. They didn't call it. And I think we might have got the offensive rebound maybe on it. But it was just like it was it was it was real bad and egregious. I mean, if you're going to call it tight like that on the other end, you got to kind of match that like the other your ref's energy because somebody's going to get hit, um, get fleeced, which the Bearcats did. Um, that doesn't make any excuses for the misses and you know the jump shot misses and threes misses. But at the end of the day, if you're getting fouled, you got to call it, especially if they're not. If they're not, you got to be fair on both sides or at least close. Give me, give me 55, 45, and it was more like 70, 30 to me. I agree. How were those seats you guys had for the game? Is the uh, Dayton oh. band pretty good? I'm uh, still struggling to hear. Man, my ears. I, I think I might. I think I got an earpiece in right now. <laughs> I think I need to see if I can get sponsored by the uh, by one of those one of those hearing aid places. My stuff is just not going to recover. 
so why were you guys put there? Was that uh, all the media was there? They, they all had... the media was presented like on the court side. So even on the opposite end, like where Ryan Roberts and all them were, they were right there on the floor, but they had the cheerleaders in front of us. Just the way the arena was kind of set up, like it wasn't yeah. the media seating. It probably could have been better on the side, but everything yeah. was on the baseline. So you had cheerleaders in front of you. you. We just got stuck on the side of the Dayton band, but no matter what, for anybody who was there, like the floor seats was a couple yeah. of students. And then it was a couple of like the opposite side was the band. Yeah. So and we were, band we were right band. next to the, right. right next to the, um, the UD like people like their like their social media team. Okay. Too. What was the band any good? It was all right. I mean, besides, I mean, my eardrums are busted, but besides <laughs> that, I mean, they were solid. Yeah, they were. Dayton's band's always pretty good, but I can't even knock. They're pretty drum, solid. I can't. I can't even hate on them. Yeah, when you have a drum about eight inches away from your ears, it's going to be a long night. Like me and JT couldn't even hear each other like talking like side by side. Like at halftime, yeah. we had to get up. We went and got a drink, and then that's when we were like conversing. But you couldn't hear much around us. Like even the Dayton communications guys were struggling to hear each other. But I mean, thinking about it, like the atmosphere on Saturday was great. It was how, great. Neil, now how was the crowd um, in terms of Dayton versus uh, Bearcat fans? I would say it was probably sixty-five thirty-five in terms of Dayton fans. Yeah, but it was. It was a good crowd. Don't get me wrong, but thirteen thousand, I think, was close to. The attendance, and honestly, like I've said it personally, but I thought that was one of the better environments, like covering college athletics in four years. That's probably been one of the better environments. Like, I, me personally, this year, I thought that environment was better than the Crosstown shootout at Xavier. Dang. Really? JT, yeah. did you feel that way? See, I, didn't got cover, loud in there. I didn't cover, but it was loud, though. Like, even when the band wasn't playing, like, you couldn't, you still couldn't hear. Yeah. <laughs> Like we couldn't hear even when the band wasn't playing. Like it was, it was jumping. Like I, I barely heard the the whistle all night. Like when they were stopping, oh, they must have blew the whistle. Like I would have to assume. Hmm. Like I never knew when it was a whistle, and that like the whole game, the whole game. Like I, I never heard the whistle. And yeah, if you see the videos too, you search around. It was baby blue everywhere. Yeah, like everywhere. Like me and JT were surrounded by baby blue basically yeah. but it was a good like i said it was a good crowd i know that's probably the most the most people heritage bank arena has in has in there had in the facility for quite some time because let's be honest hockey doesn't drive thirteen thousand people no. in there so i yeah. thought it was a great environment and honestly i i hope they renew that rivalry at a neutral site every year because that would be something that fans can really get involved with yeah so, i was i was at that i was at that <laughs> arena when uh, justin bieber was there it was back <laughs> That was the last time it was that packed. Justin Bieber and Post Malone opened up for Justin. Post Bieber. Malone did open up for him. Remember that? Nice. Oh, Neil was there too. No, because listen, okay. backstory to this: my first job growing up was event staff at US Bank Arena, and that was one of the first concerts I ever had to work. Nice. nice. I was there. I took I took my little cousin, um, Zoe. Or, I'm sorry, Lexi. I took I'm sorry. I took Lexi, my cousin from Sycamore High School. We we went to that concert. It was a good good show. Now. Uh, let's let's segue from Justin Bieber to Neil's thoughts on the game. Yeah, as JT mentioned, obviously shooting 26% from behind the arc was was tough to see again. But overall, like the first four or so minutes, like it was everything you could have asked for in terms of that rivalry game. But then I think it was tied up at 17. Kobe Bray comes down and hits his third straight three. After that, it was Flyers took control and never looked back. Like that three sunk everything 
out of the Bearcats. Like they just could not stop him. And then he comes down, he buries three straight threes. He was six, shooting 60% from behind the arc coming into that one. So they knew they had to find some ways, but overall Dayton, we talked about Deron Holmes was going to cause some problems. And we said for them to win, they had to keep him under 15 and Deron Holmes got going early and finished with 27 on 10 of 16, I believe eight rebounds. So he did his thing, but then Kobe Elvis went off. I mean, 27 points, 14 of them came from the line. It seems like everything Dayton was doing was getting downhill and attacking and it just caused a lot of problems. And it seems like any time they were getting in the lane, they were fouling. And Wes Miller even emphasized that post game. But it just seems like they didn't have to foul in that situation. But then for the offensive struggles, on the other hand, they they really struggle with the zone. Dayton threw a lot of different things, whether it was a box in one, a one two two, a one three one. The zone gave a lot of troubles to Wes Miller and the Bearcats. Yeah. And yeah. Victor Lockin only finishing with four points on two of nine shooting is probably something you weren't expecting to see. I know that was JT's player to watch, but that was a matchup that you thought you could get you thought you could get going. JT's shaking his head. <laughs> and you thought you could get that matchup going. Man. But yeah four, just four points and outside of that it was a struggle from there. And me personally it was really great to see Simas Lukosius get going there in the fourth quarter or late in the second half, my bad to get that thing going to rally back because everybody knows what CMOS has been through the last three weeks. So he had to really struggle versus Xavier. He struggled in Bryant just a little bit. And then he comes back and he saw what people were hoping to see. And that was him scoring in bundles and bunches because he had that rally where he scored like eight straight. And that was the, that's the kind of play you need from CMOS Lukosha. So Overall, that aspect was good to see. I thought the guard play could have been a little better for the Bearcats, but that's them big road games, neutral site environment. So they're still getting their feet wet. But overall, they definitely have a lot to tune up here heading into Merrimack and the rest of the non-conference slate. Uh, fellas, I, I thought this was the Bearcats' worst performance uh, of the year. Um, but, you know, I, I understand some of the reasons why. Um, and and I'll, I'll tell you, so I think adjusting to Aziz and Jamil um, is going to take some time. You know, you think about Aziz, <laughs> think about some of these lobs. Like, I know they love running the, the screen and roll for, you know, the lob to Aziz. Man, they, they haven't really got that totally down yet. I mean, I've been to practice and Aziz will just catch him and just dunk on somebody's head. And in the games, the timing of it's still not there. Um, Jamil, Jamil's really, and JT, tell me if you disagree with this, but I think Jamil's the only back-to-the-basket player that we have you can honestly throw the ball to and say, go score. Yeah, that's what I – I agree. Like, I agree. That's 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 the thing that, like, I think Wes and everybody has to adjust to in the team because um, he – as you saw, he's the, he's the one that like he's gonna be able to get a shot off down in that paint no matter what, and yep. you can just give it to him. Um, and he, you know, it was the first game; he only played seven minutes, but at the same time, you saw it. Um, in in his time, you know what I mean. It's only gonna get better, but it it uh he's gonna be very vital. And uh, yeah, like you said, they have to adjust, and it's gonna take them time. That's that's why like the NCAA playing around with with his eligibility sucks so much for him and Aziz, honestly, because yep. they would have been so much further 
in the process game process if that would have you know uh if that would have happened you know but it is what it is and they you know they can't cry or spill milk but yeah man yeah he's definitely the one that you can see too like you people are gonna be looking for him to get buckets in the paint all season yeah and and listen both aziz and jamil were pretty much eligible in two of the biggest games during this stretch um, Aziz was eligible right before Xavier. What did he play one or how many games did he play before Xavier? Aziz was it one, two, two? two. Sure, I'm fairly certain it was two. Okay, and then you throw Jamil in versus Dayton, um, and that takes adjustment. Like people can say, "Hey, they're there at practice. They're practicing." You know what? It's different when the popcorn's popping, the scoreboards on. You know, you've got teams scheming against them. In practice, you go against the same guys over and over. And now you're going against the Dayton's and, and schools like that. So there's going to be an adjustment period. Um, and, you know, this team, I feel like, has some identity issues right now. And that's going to take some time still to figure out. They have the pieces. I just mm-hmm. don't think they have figured out their identity yet. JT? Yeah, because right now, right now, I don't think right now it's going to take time. But I don't think no, I don't think anybody's nobody's taking the lead of being like, all right, I'm going to be the the run stopper yet. Mm-hmm. Or I'm going to be the person that keeps us afloat. I mean, Jizzle, he doesn't start, but I feel like he's the only one that at times has done it. But he's the backup, you know, freshman in the backup. So. But I feel like nobody's taking the lead and be like, okay, I'm going to get my shot no matter what. And I'm going to keep us in this game while everybody's kind of figuring it out. And uh I mean it showed it showed against uh against UD, you know, once once you know Kobe got to going, Kobe Elvis got to going, and then Holmes, I mean, they the Bearcats didn't have an answer at that time. So like it, it's you know, these next three games will be very important because that's gonna be key in going to the Big Twelve because you're gonna need to know you can't kind of guess you kind of if stuff's going a little awry you're going to need to know that guy you, you need to run the play for um to kind of keep everything steady so no um so that's 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 what they're going that's what i'm going to be looking for it's going to be hard to see maybe against these three teams because they're not going to be a quality of ud or xavier but at the same time i think those uh habits now that they got the full array of people have to be they got to build on that, you know, every day, you know, every day practice and in the gameplay. And it's almost to the point, um, Neil, where coach, you know, Miller's just going to have to make a decision on eight guys to play. You know what I'm saying? Like he's really going to have to lock in. And if you look at it, they have, I mean, nine capable guys right now. Yeah. You could put put, Odie's going to be the guy, you know, it's like depending on the game and situation too, he's, you know, um, you know, he has a certain skill set is what yeah. I'm about to say, but they, they've got to lock this down almost eight guys, especially when you get to the big 12. Yeah. Yeah, well, absolutely. And that was something JT and I actually talked about the other night. Cause we were talking about the one big and uh, the two big kind of lineups. Cause Wes Miller even mentioned post game. Like that was Saturday night was the first time we have seen day day Thomas and Jizzle James on the court together all season. Yes. Great point, Neil. Yes. That was, and he even said we had some searching to do post game. So that was something there. Like they needed, they knew they needed some scoring going. 
And then next thing you know, Jizzle James and Day Day Thomas started to get to the scoring. And then that's when it, it allowed CMOS to get open and kind of knock down some threes. CMOS was able to get just about anything he wanted, it seemed. I mean, he buried two quick threes, came down, hit the like eight to 12 footer. Next thing you know, it was an 11 to three run or something like that. So they were able to fight back and get what they wanted, but they experienced with the, the two guard lineup, which was huge. And that was something a lot of people were kind of wanting to see, whether it was the speed to get out to run or Jizzle James's defensive abilities. But they were really trying to look and get out and run, get downhill attack with the two guards. But, yeah, with the, when it comes to the rotation cutting here, heading into Big 12 conference play, it's going to be interesting to see what that eight-guy rotation would look like heading into the first Big 12 conference game with BYU. Because, as we mentioned, for those who saw the latest AP poll that came out today, five teams of the Bearcats' six five of the six teams the Bearcats faced to open nine or open conference play were ranked in the top 25. BYU was at 18, which is their home opener. Texas was all the way up to number seven or Oklahoma was up to seven and Texas was at like 16 or 17. So right then and there, and then you still have Kansas who's sitting up at number two. So they're going to have to figure out these matchups, whether it be a one big or two big, because you know, when you come to play Kansas with a guy like Hunter Dickinson, you're going to have to have your bigs ready because Hunter Dickinson will bully you inside and will be able to get to the bucket. So overall, the rotations with the bigs, it's really going to come down and see what all plays out with the the front court here now that Jamil Reynolds is eligible. So that's definitely something to keep an eye on here as the back end of non-conference slate. Well, I, I think the beauty of these next three games is it gives you an opportunity to give some guys some minutes and see who you're going to be your eight. So some guys are going to have to really step up. Now, I'm not saying, you know, a guy like Odie and others are not going to play. There'll be games where their skill set allows them to play. But if you look at the total, you know, schedule, there's guys that are just going to have to play the majority of the minutes. It was great to see Simas get going. He started had a little swagger, you know, when he caught the ball. We haven't seen that. I, I think it's consistent consistently this year. Yeah. I mean, you know, I'm, I'm excited to see what he's going to do moving forward. I, I, I didn't think that was John Newman's best game, um, which really hurt us. Yeah. Um, you know, JT, I, I, I thought you, he's just so, he's just so steady Eddie. Yep. You know, and he was just off that game. Yeah, he was off. He definitely looked a little off. So that was, that was surprised. That was, might've been the most surprising to me. Uh, he just didn't look like himself fully. Um, so hopefully that just was a one-off because normally, um, he's been steady dude all, you know, his whole time as a Bearcat. So hopefully that just was a one-off, I'm hoping. Yeah, and, you know, I, I was talking to – I was talking to Vic at practice on Friday. We had a nice, like, probably 20-minute conversation. And Vic is so cerebral. Like, he really thinks about every small nuance and detail of the game. And, um, I, and I think <clears throat> sometimes that's a gift and a curse. You, yeah. know, you know, you overthink things. When I was telling Vic, I said, "Man, you're such a, you're such a Swiss Army knife right now. You can do so many things on the court." And I feel, because he was asking me my opinion, I said, "I feel like sometimes I watch you, and you are still trying to figure out what to do. Like you're now allowed to shoot threes. You can catch yeah. it in the post. You're not. He's not like a true, true post guy that yeah. moves like Jamil, but you can score down there. You you can do a lot." I told him, I said, "You're one of the most unique players I've seen." in a long time in a Bearcat uniform. And I feel like, you know, and he agreed there, there's times in the courts where he's just kind of, 
confused on, I don't know if confused is the right word, but just trying yeah. to select how to attack things. And I mean, four points against Dayton is, ugh. Yeah. That's got, you got, jo you got John Newman, Steady Eddie, and Vic only having four. You're not going to win that basketball game, JT. Nope. Not at all, man. Not at all. So, but as I always say, man, it is a uh, it is a very long season. So, a lot of games to be played, and the Bearcats take on Merrimack. Am I saying that right, Mary Merrimack? Yeah, I think so. Is it? Yeah, Merrimack. Merrimack. Neil, you're on mute. Merrimack tonight at 7 p.m. at the beautiful Fifth Third Arena. You're listening to the Bearcat Tip Off Talk podcast presented by Donahue Accounting Services. Now let's jump into the Big O segment, <clears throat> sponsored by Smart Dog Solutions. In this segment. We cover players to watch in key matchups. JT, who should we look out for from the Bearcats? Man, so it's okay. What I want to see, who I want to see um, on see tonight is uh, Day Day Thomas. I want to see um, him get others involved and get hit, hunt his shot. Because um, I think if he is efficient, even though they're playing Merrimack, I think that's a good sign for the um for the big 12 that's why everything for me right now is looking is building for the big 12 and i think if he's going to be a consistent um person um i think uh i think tonight is is a start of it and he has the talent i think he's got to be one of the guys to say hey i want to be one of the go-to people um to get you know that 10 to 15 point um scoring thing um scoring uh line and maybe a couple assists maybe a steal or two here and there and uh just kind of lead the charge uh neil who do we need to watch out for from merrimack yeah so merrimack is a team that has struggled significantly this season this is probably going to be the worst team the bearcats have played throughout non-conference slate they're ranked 263rd i believe in ken palm the latest ken palm ratings but they're they are really struggling. They're five and six on the season, but they're led by guard Jordan Durdak, who is averaging seventeen points per game. Wait, wait say that last name. Say that last name. You said Dor Dash. Dor where was it? Durdak. 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 Gotcha. Durdak. Yep. Seventeen points per game, seven rebounds, and three assists. He's a six foot five, two hundred ten pound point guard, Dang but it. he is also one of those guys where he is very active on the defensive end as well. So he's key top of the scouting report on both sides of the ball. And for him, you got to find ways to keep him off, off the, uh, the mid range game. Cause that's what he likes to do. He's not a guy who's going to pull up and shoot 10 threes a game. Like we have seen versus other guards in the past. This is a guy who's really struggled to shoot the three point ball and he's going to get inside and really try to create some separation and get his shot off in the mid range game. And then you look alongside guard Adam Clark, who is averaging 12 points, three rebounds, and three steals per game, which ranks 10 in the country right now in steals per game. So overall, those are the two guys you have to look out for Merrimack. But on the other side thing, for the flip side, this is a game like Bryant, basically. The Bearcats have the huge height advantage. Merrimack has no one taller than six foot seven on their roster. So this is a game where you would think Victor Locken could have a huge bounce back performance after struggling versus Dayton, Aziz Bandego, Jamil Reynolds, Odio Guama even. 
this is a game, as we mentioned, I would expect the Bearcats to end up with 40 points in the paint, if you ask me. Just with the height advantage, I expect them to play inside, really dominate the paint, and really just play their game. This is like we talk about with Jamil Reynolds. He only played seven minutes first, Dayton. This could be a great tune-up game for guys like Jamil Reynolds, still get Aziz Bandego a little bit more comfortable, even though he has had back-to-back double-doubles. But this is a, a huge opportunity for the Bearcats front court to really do their thing and dominate the paint. All right, Neil, it's time for the name game. We need we need like some theme music with this, JT. So when you edit <laughs> the name game. All right, JT, I'm gonna need you to go to Mary Mac's website right. and get on their roster. Neil, you on there? Yes, sir. Okay. Man, where are Mary Mac roster? Okay. <laughs> I'm trying to find it. Merrimack roster. Neil, right. number thirteen. Number thirteen. Edric Kuzeda. Hmm. That's pretty good. That's pretty good. Now, my favorite number, number forty-one. Armandas Plintowskis. Say it one more time. Armandas Plintowskis. Wow, you could be Lithuanian, Neil. You got. I don't some- know about that one. <laughs> he's lithuanian right i would assume he is from lithuania lithuania well one of the uh giveaways is uh number 41 um we have a number 41 that is cmos cmos is from lithuania lithuania and you know why you know why they wear 41 don't you no dirk Nowitzki. Oh, oh, for dirt? Oh, I, ain't, I don't know. That was stupid. I should have known that. Yeah, yeah. That's a that's a that's a dirt thing with those guys over in that in that area. Like dirt, dirt's, dirt's like the Michael Jordan. You know what I'm saying? Of, you know when. Yeah, that makes sense. I didn't even think of that. That was that was stupid. I, I should have caught that easy. <laughs> yep. Which which when CMOS and I talked about you know me wearing number 41, he asked me, did I wear? Because of Dirk. I'm like, bro, <laughs> Dirk wasn't hooping when I hooped. I was before Dirk. I wore 41. <laughs> I love you work because of Dirk. <laughs> I was like, I was, we had never heard of Dirk Nowitzki. He was like, oh, that's funny. Some of these kids have no, like, concept of, of time in terms of, you know, when I played and other others played and stuff. It's 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 hilarious. But Yeah, that's funny. You know, I, I hate to go this route, but there's there's a kid on Merrimack's team in JT. I just think this is flat out wrong. The parents named the kid Sambo. Hold on. That, oh wow. His name is Sambo. I ain't you no man. You can't do that. Do you see that, Neil? Yeah, it's Samba. It, how's he spell it? S A M B A. Oh, is it M B A? Oh, that ain't yeah. bad. That's bad. Oh, That's okay. cool. I That's thought cool. it was. I thought it was Sam. But I thought I, was about I to say, Dan, he did my man's dirty. Oh, I was gonna say, I I thought I saw Sam Bo when I was no, I okay, no. Nah. I was gonna say you can't do that. That's, All right, good, good. I'm happy. I'm happy. I'm happy that was a misread. <laughs> that was that was that's a bad. That's like they had no. They didn't care. No, they were like, we're going just gonna ride this one out. We yeah. That's tough. The Big O segment is sponsored by Smart Dog Solutions. Um, so, so my player to watch, um, I'm expecting a bounce back game from John Newman. And, you know, he's the glue to this team. And, you know, 
he needs to get this team headed in the right direction. I, I want to see, I want to see two halves. Um, yeah. This game, right? Um, we we we've we've struggled with the consistency of two halves. Um, I think I don't know what game it was. We were we played very poorly in the first and the second half. We scored like fifty six points. I forget what game that was. Yeah, so, Bryant. Bryant. And so yeah. I'd like for us to because because this is important. These these next three games are important leading leading into conference play. So I think your consistent guys need to be consistent. You know, I was telling Vic when when Vic and I were talking. Yeah, you know, he was just asking different different things and advice and all that. And I told Vic, I said, you like like John. I was talking about John Newman. I told Vic, I said, you need to be a basketball and not a football. And Vic looked at me like, what? And I was like, well, think about this. If I take a football and I hold it in my hands and I drop it, you never know where a football is going to bounce and go. If I take a basketball, hold it in my hands and drop it, what does it do? It bounces right back up every single time. Consistent. I was like, be a basketball. Don't be a football. And I feel like John Newman is that basketball for this team. He bounces right back up, and I expect him to bounce back. You know, this game, and and it, I I really would like to see him kind of lead that charge and see C.J. Frederick um, get going a little bit because mm-hmm. C.J. Frederick is such a nice kid in person. He really is, and I think he's doing an amazing job of trying not to like upset the apple cart in terms of his role. Like, he could come in and go, you know what? I played at UK. I'm coming in. I'm firing this bad boy up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right, JT? And he's not doing that. He's kind of finding his his space. and But there's, there's, there's a time where he needs to almost have that mentality. Like, okay, look, this is what I do, and I'm going to do it. And I'm going to do it very well. Mm-hmm. You agree with that, JT? Yeah, for sure. Because somebody's going to have to take that, take the bull by the horns, man. Because they're going to have, they're going to need it. And it's it's hard to just like say this person is going to do it, but they got they kind of got to understand, you know, some this team can be multiple, which is good, but they they do need that one person or two to kind of be like, hey, I'm gonna stuff's going crazy, give me the ball, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, for sure, give me the ball, run a play for me, give me my space, and I'm going to make it happen. So, um, CJ can sh- definitely shoot, and he can do a little bit more than shoot. So, um. I would be, I mean, that would be great if he just says, hey, I'm going to be a consistent 12 to 16 point score um, every night. If I get my shots up, I'm going, I'm getting us 12, you know what I mean? And, or more, if I'm hot, maybe it's a 20 ball or more, but it's, they, they definitely need, they got the, the rankings have to kind of start to set themselves up. So then, and when they get into more battle tested situations, people kind of know where they, where they fall. Yeah, to- totally agree. And and listen, I do not. After the Xavier game and the Dayton game, um, some folks said to me, "This Bearcat team's just not very good." And I said, "I totally disagree with that. I think yeah. it's a good basketball team. They have the pieces. They just haven't figured some things out yet." Yeah, yeah. It's it's a it's a puzzle right now. People have to understand it's a puzzle, and but the pieces are trying to fit together. You know what I mean? It's, it's uh-huh. not a it's kind of like clay it's molding you know what i mean like it's molding together right now it's not a finished product and then like i said with the with the two big guys i don't i don't think the way the, the way the ncaa 
did that didn't help at all. Like I'm not giving any excuses or being just, you know, true Homer, but it doesn't help when you got two people that are going to play major minutes and that you don't, they are in limbo. So the kid that doesn't help. And then when they get dropped back in, you got to readjust. Um, people aren't fully in basketball shape. Um, they're in basketball shape, but not game shape. It's just a different atmosphere. You could be running all you want. It's just different playing. Um, and then, you know, you got a lot of new faces. So it, it doesn't, I don't think this team isn't bad. It's, it's not talentless. You know what I mean? Like some people, all oh, this team just doesn't have talent. No, nah, that's not it. It's just that if people are finding their way and then just right when you think, all right, they're kind of figuring it out, then something else drops in on them. Right. That doesn't help it. True. Um, and it just lost a couple games that people wanted them to win. So that doesn't help. That doesn't make everybody feel all warm and fuzzy. But at the end of the day, if you just look at the team, they're a talented team, no matter how you look at it. It's just they've got to figure it out. Yep, no question. The Big O segment is sponsored by Smart Dog Solutions. Do you have a business that needs better inventory control, production management, or improved accounting control? Outgrown QuickBooks or Cannonball <laughs> NetSuite? Give loyal Bearcat grads Doug and Kathy Jacobs at Smart Dog Solutions a call. They have been in your position and would love to help solve your problems. You can contact them at 513-739-9473 or smartdog-solutions.com. You're listening to the Bearcat Tip-Off Talk podcast presented by Donahue Accounting Services. The Kenyon segment is sponsored by Greg Hooden at Beachmont Toyota. Now, this is where we cover the keys to the game. JT, what do the Bearcats need to do to win? All right. So after shooting so cold downtown in Cincinnati, I think they need to shoot 35% or better from three. Ooh, I like and that. I that like doesn't have if that happens, I feel I mean it's Merrimack, but I'm not disrespecting Merrimack. Sorry if anybody asks for Merrimack. Um, UC is a UC. So at the end of the day, shoot over 35% from three. And I think that's gonna make everything a lot easier. And I want them to play, I want them to play inside out mm. more so than outside in. So, like, get a post-touch or drive, then get the three where it's just not, like, all perimeter. Unless it's just a pure defensive breakdown. Want them to try to touch the paint first, then get the three shot off. You know what I mean? Collapse, get a, get the shot. Hopefully, C.J. Frederick is one of the ones that's getting a lot of those shots, and other people are hitting them as well. Um, I would like wouldn't mind seeing CMOS hit following up um, how he finished off against Dayton kind of getting a roll in against Mary Mary Mac, uh, especially in a couple of threes. So shooting over 35% because under, under 26%, man, that's, ooh, it's a little tough. So I think don't have to be great from three, but they got to be a lot better than they were against Dayton. Now, JT, if you're Wes Miller, how many minutes do you play Jamil this game? Okay. So this game, okay. So this game, I would say Jamil probably should get 10 to 12 minutes. Okay. I think that's fair. And I think this game, if they play right, he won't have to play more than that um, just because I think they'll be able to play. He won't have to tighten up the rotation tonight. But I think you got to ramp up his minutes, and then hopefully he gets a couple good post touches and does his thing and see how it goes. Because I, I think they have to embrace – the the one big four four wing lineup a little bit more um and i think today today i mean i feel like tonight will be a game that they could probably do whatever they want it won't matter i think they're just going to be that much better than mary mac um but i think they have to embrace it and 
maybe I don't understand the talents at the bigs, but I think they might have to just like sprinkle the double the double big lineups in. I think the the bread will be once they figure out how to navigate the four wing one big lineup. Mm-hmm. Now, Neil, this is a game that that the Bearcats should win big. What do they need to do to win big? Yeah, uh, I think I gotta stand with JT here, and that's shoot higher than thirty five percent from behind the arc. And I mean that is something where we have seen now through three straight games. Yet, yes, it is still a small sample size, but they have really struggled to shoot the deep ball outside of Fifth Third Arena. They shot just twenty six percent versus Howard, twenty six percent from I believe it was under twenty percent versus Xavier. Maybe just been above twenty percent. Then another. 26% shooting night from three versus Dayton on Saturday. So personally, they got to shoot at least 35% from behind the arc. That is something that they have been able to do in most home games this season. But outside of that, for them to win big, they have to have to use their size to their advantage. Like I said earlier, there's no one on Merrimack that is higher, taller than six foot seven. So this is a night where Jamil Reynolds, six foot 11, Victor Lockins, six foot 11, Aziz Bendego, seven foot. Odio Guama, six foot ten. These are the size matchups that you want for those big men. So overall, they have to use their size advantage to their uh, to their advantage. So they use the size advantage. You dominate the glass. I expect the Bearcats to have another performance like they did with Bryant on the glass. I want them to out rebound Merrimack by at least. 13 to 15 rebounds on the glass. That's what they have to do in order to win big. The Kenyon segment is sponsored by Greg Hooden at Beachmont Toyota. And, you know, Neil, that was actually the segue I was going to go to on to destroy them on the glass. I, I think this is definitely something – or I'm sorry, this is definitely a game where they can do that. Now, now Neil, my question for you is, um, you know, throwing the ball to the post. Um you know, how, how much, what's the balance of throwing the ball to a Jamil, to a Aziz, to a Victor, to a Odie in the post this game versus in the past? Yeah, I think, I think in the past it might be different because you look at what teams did, whether that was a Howard, a Xavier, or a Dayton, who flashed the zones. So if you're Merrimack and you're watching the film, don't be surprised to see them come come with any sort of zone early, especially with the size advantage that the Bearcats have. So those post touches are going to be huge, as JT mentioned, because if they do come out and play that zone, they drop the post pass there, it'll free somebody up from behind the arc, whether that's a CJ Frederick, a Seamus Lukosius, a Jizzle James, a Dede Thomas. It will allow it. The post touches are crucial in a matchup like this, because you know if you can get inside and you can get those post touches at the rim, with the size advantage the Bearcats have, expect Merrimack just to foul every time. They don't want to give up the easy buckets. They'll rather make the bigs beat you at the line. And, heck, I mean, versus Dayton the other night, they shot 50% from the free throw line. So that's another thing where if they can get to the rim with ease, I would not expect Mer- I would expect Merrimack just to start fouling and make them beat you at the free throw line to take away those easy buckets. Well, let's hope they make some free throws. Um, that's going to be very, very important going <laughs> moving forward. And another thing I want to see the Bearcats do, I want to see them force, you know, Merrimack into shooting some bad threes, um, some bad contested shots, um, get some, like like I, like I mentioned before and you mentioned, Neil, get rebounds, get the basketball out and push it and attack. 
really get that fifth third arena crowd going. Um, and that, a lot of that happens from, I, I think you get the, the fifth third arena rocking for several different reasons. One, you're getting defensive stops. And I, I've said this to many people before. The loudest I've heard fifth third arena at times wasn't on a slam dunk, wasn't on some crazy shot. A lot of times it was on defensive stops. You, you know, like we'd play a big, like the one time we played Xavier, and I'm bad with years. We got a defensive stop. I think J.P. McCure took a shot. You know, we were, like, locked in almost the whole possession. He took a shot with time running out on the clock, shot clock. We got the big re- – man, that place went crazy. Like, you know, so I think things like that that this team needs to discover and, you know, force this Merrimack team into shooting some bad threes, which um, I- I'm sure they'll do. Uh, get those rebounds, you know, push it and get out. We've got – Two guards in Day Day and Jizzle. Um, hopefully, we see a little bit of them playing together tonight as well and pushing that basketball attacking downhill. And if they could do that, that's going to open up CJ and CMOS for open shots. And I'm sorry, when their feet are set with CMOS, CMOS and CJ, um, I'm, I'm going to roll with them making those open shots. I'm, I'm pretty confident in that. This Kenyon segment, Keys to the Game, was sponsored by Greg Hood and the Beachmont Toyota. Come see fellow Bearcat Greg Hood and the Beachmont Toyota. For all your Toyota needs, cars, trucks, and SUVs, Greg Hood and the Beachmont Toyota is ready to help you get into your new Toyota. You're listening to the Bearcat Tip-Off Talk podcast presented by Donahue Accounting Services. The Twyman segment is sponsored by Visionary Cleaners. This is where we cover hot topics. Now, fellas, let's give out some grades right now, okay? One of the days that I always feared when I was in school, getting my grades. But we're going to grade two people right now that are very, very important to this athletic department. One is athletic director John Cunningham, and two is head basketball coach Wes Miller. So I want you to give them to this point on the job the grade that you give John Cunningham first, and then the grade you give Wes Miller for the job he's done thus far. JT, we'll start with you. All right, cool. So let's see. I'm going to give Cunningham, I'll give him A minus okay. right now. Because um, he's got the new, got the new um, sports center underway. Part Big part of that. Um, he's ushered the Bearcats into the Big 12. Um, no matter if you feel like he was the one that really got the ball rolling or not. He was the guy that was here. I feel like he did a, a lot of uh, important things. Um, so um, let's see, you know, back with Jordan brand, he has, he, I mean, he was, he was a part of that. So um, Nike Jordan brand. So that's huge. And I mean, regardless, I mean, with the John Brandon situation, he handled that pretty swiftly. I thought um, with care, so he definitely holds weight with that. Um, so I think he's a forward-thinking person, and he's done a good job with Wes. Let's see, we'll give Wes. We'll give Wes a B minus. I think he's he's recruiting great. Like he's flipped the rock roster from when he got here. He helped um, a delicate situation. Um, kept David DeJulius around. He's recruiting at a him and his staff is recruiting at a great level. 
um only knock right now is gonna have like the signature win um so that's only the only knock you know and then just um you know the couple losses this year um but honestly everything's moving in the right direction i mean you get guys like jizzle james uh keeping rayvon griffith home keeping tyler mckinley home uh, tyler bessie um he's getting you know he's getting top tier talent i mean he almost had isaiah collier so dude knows how to recruit his staff knows how to recruit and if you know how to recruit nine times out of ten wins will follow it just hasn't i mean we're winning at a high clip it's just that we haven't gotten the wins that the xavier not beating xavier doesn't help but at the same time, I feel like it's going to come. It just hasn't yet. But uh, Big 12 is right around the corner. So I feel like this is very fluid. I feel like this can move up from a B minus. If we ask, you know, the middle of the middle of January, we might talk about this and it might be an A minus or a solid A. So I think he's he's helped, you know, get Jordan Brand. He's embraced um, the old, like the OG players. He's embraced the media. Um you know, I mean, so overall, I mean, I think hell of a high quality guy. I mean, with the Z's and um, Jamil situation, if after hearing him speak on that stuff, if you wouldn't want to play for him, then I don't, I wouldn't understand where you're wired personally. So, I mean, it's definitely a guy you want to play for. Just got to get a, um, just got to get a couple of the big wins to keep the keep the fans off his back more so than anything, but. I think I think I think it'll happen sooner than later, honestly. What kind of grades did you get in school, JT? High school. High school, I was a B plus A minus type dude. Okay. Yeah, like yeah. When I was on point, like I could probably do better by slack some, but like, yeah, B plus A minus for real. What about college? College, up and down. I was a roller coaster. I might have a three, three, four, one quarter. I might have a two, one, one quarter. <laughs> that's I might down. have a two, seven, one quarter. I might have a one, eight, one quarter. You know what I mean? Yeah, that's but, a, <laughs> that's vortex, man. That's up and down, bro. Yeah, I was like, it was like. Was that because of, uh, you know, when you, when you go from high school to college, the structure in college is so different from high school. Yeah, yeah the first quarter. The freedom of college messed me up more so than anything. It was just after I figured that out, it was fine. But then it was like certain classes were hard. And I was like, it was like, damn, I'm studying hard as heck and I'm getting a C minus. This is crazy. Yeah. I put this much energy in something. That's a, I would get like a 200%. But I was getting like a, a C minus. I was like, oh, this is crazy. But um, yeah, the first quarter was crazy because I had freedom. And normally I had so much structure at home. Like, all right, you got to be home by, midnight you got to yeah. make sure your homework's done i was working xyz so then when i got to school it was like gosh it, nobody i don't gotta check in with nobody <laughs> I, I what i don't gotta go to class ain't nobody gonna call the teacher ain't gonna call me ain't nobody saying you late like what so it was crazy it was good gift and a curse so then that first quarter was like a 2-0 or something like i was like I, it was wild and it was like the classes were easy too so it wasn't like i should have had that but it was just Adjusting to our freedom, I'm like, oh man, I can do what I want, party all the time, party all the time, party all the time, party, party, all, the time. party all the time. So that was uh, wait, 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 JT, Neil doesn't know what that is. You don't know what that is, no. he no. definitely doesn't know what that is. Neil, <laughs> famous comedians of all time, 
came out with an album. Do you know what comedian that is? I do not. JT, tell him. It's Eddie Murphy, man. Eddie Murphy. Party time, party all the time. <laughs> hey, it, it's it's been sampled too. It's been sampled literally in the last Drake, couple of years. Drake sampled it with Amigos, didn't he? Or yeah, yeah, yep, yep, with Amigos, yep, yep. That now Neil would know that because that's Neil's in the Neil stage. Yeah, you gotta know that one. You gotta hurt. You had to hear I've that. I've heard that one before. Yeah, yeah. That, it's yeah. It's the original song that Party All the Time sample is from. It's from that. Yeah, you gotta see the video. You could tell they was like getting. It was him and Rick James. You know how high they were. Oh man, <laughs> I can't imagine how much the illegal substance was in that room. Man, enough, <laughs> enough to enough to go skiing. Oh yeah, you? it definitely was. Definitely <laughs> was uh, northern. What northern? Was it called? What they call where people go skiing around here? Northern slopes. Perfect north. Was, perfect north. Perfect north. It definitely was perfect <laughs> north in that room. Wow. <laughs> sometimes our podcasts go far right. Yeah, it can sometimes. <laughs> Neil. <laughs> Your turn, man. Let's give some grades out. John Cunningham and Wes Miller. Yeah, so I think John Cunningham, if you ask me right now, I think I would give him an A just because of when he came to Cincinnati, he had to endure all the football stuff. He hired Luke Fickle, which turned out to be a fantastic hire for the University of Cincinnati. The way he handled the John Brandon situation. Then he brought in Wes Miller, who's doing a fantastic job. He's led the Bearcats back to the Jordan brand. He's got the $135 million health and fitness facility, indoor practice facility being built on campus. I'll be ready in 2025 versus the latest release. So overall, you look at all that stuff. What he's done right now for this University of Cincinnati has been incredible. So, And that's not even counting the new renovations to the baseball stadium or the new locker rooms or all the facility upgrades that he has been able to help provide for these young men and women at the university of Cincinnati. So if you're asking me right now, I'd give John Cunningham an A now Wes Miller, on the other hand, I would give a B and my reason why for that is he's doing a great job at recruiting. We have seen that with Tyler McKinley, Rayvon Griffith, Jizzle James, Tyler Betsy, the way he was able to go out and recruit these guys in the portal how he's handled the Jamil Reynolds and Aziz Bandago situation has drawn personal relationships with him for many people. Because as JT mentioned, hearing him passionately speak on what the NCAA was doing to those young men was incredible. Like we had the first rant went, I think, 14 minutes, roughly 10 minutes. And he was fiery, pure emotion. And I think we all kind of looked to each other one day after the one of the 10 or eight or 10 minute rants talking about the NCAA process and the waiver process. We all looked for him and goes, we all looked after the president goes, all right, anyone want to strap up and run through a wall? Like that's the kind of energy you need. And as JT mentioned, like if you don't want to play for a coach like that, then I, I truly don't understand what you're looking for as a coach, because that's somebody you want to lead a locker room on and off the court. And we have saw that. And he's really embraced this community too. And he understands what Cincinnati is trying to do. He's bought into everything, and he has been a key reason for why this program in this university is to where it is right now in terms of branding and all of that aspects. But another reason I say the B is Wes Miller hasn't been able to win that big game yet, as JT mentioned. And I know this is something Russ Heltman and I talked about earlier on our uh, Bearcats Blitz show, 
is in the last three seasons, the Bearcats are four and 22 first teams that include Memphis, Houston, Xavier, NKU, Ohio state, and the team's NIT tournament run last season. So still hasn't yet to get that big win. Obviously it's never easy to lose to just about every in-state rival, but those are the matchups you want to play. So obviously people are frustrated that the Bearcats keep losing those in-state matchups, but those are the matchups you want to play on the schedule. It's not, Hey, this go out and play these lower level teams. Like you look around this tri-state area, Xavier will be a top four or five team in the big East. NKU will be a top three team in the horizon. Dayton will be a top of the A-10. So you look at that. Those are some quality teams in their conferences. Yes, those are teams the Bearcats should beat on a daily basis. I know the Xavier battle has gone back and forth, and we just can't win at Cintas apparently. But you would like to see them get a win in that category. And it starts right this season with Houston. I mean, Houston right now is struggling. They just lost a key player for the year due to an Achilles injury. So this might be the year Wes Miller and the Bearcats can get two wins versus a quality Houston team that entered the season top five. So there's plenty of opportunities to change that record around, especially heading into the Big 12 conference play, the best conference in all of college basketball. But overall, I would give John Cunningham an A, and I'd give Wes Miller a B right now. The tournament segment is sponsored by Visionary Cleaners. Um, quickly, I'll just run through mine because you guys uh, made some great points. John Cunningham, I'm going to give him an uh, A, um, you know, just ushering the Bearcats into the Big 12. I thought it was smooth. I think he's done a great job. He's done a great job also with the donors. And people have to remember mm-hmm. that, like embracing the donors, right? <clears throat> and because that's that's the lifeline of your program, the donors. The NIL is a big deal right now. I think he's ahead of the curve in terms of NIL, and that's very, very important. I think he does a good job of listening to the fans as well. Uh, some athletic directors or presidents of universities don't want to listen to fans or the student base. Uh, they think they can do their own thing. They think they have more knowledge than everybody else. But I feel like John Cunningham has his ear to the streets and knows what's going on. And, and lastly, what I want to say about John Cunningham is, just a little, just to let the Bearcat fans get a little bit of a inside peek. Uh, John Cunningham did an excellent job with the Nike Jordan deal. Um, the way things are structured now in 2023 and beyond, with all these um, shoe and apparel deals, it's a different world than it used to be. And you have to have all these different deals that that work out in different ways. And he did everything the right way <clears throat> to get the Bearcats in position to have a strong relationship with Nike and Jordan. And I'll be very honest, if it wasn't for John Cunningham, and I and I know this for a fact, that Nike Jordan deal was going to be done. It was not going to happen. Mm. Um, John Cunningham uh, did some things that were very strategically smart that, that made that deal go through. Mm. So he definitely will not take credit for that, um, but I'm going to give him his flowers on that. So I'm going to give uh, John Cunningham an A. Uh, Wes Miller, I'm going to give him an A-. minus. Um, I, I do think, like you guys are saying, the Bearcat fans want him to win that big game. He's got to make the NCAA tournament. I think that that's where the minus comes in. Um, but the A, uh, like you said, JT, the recruiting, the recruiting has been excellent. I mean, just think about this. This guy takes over a program 
um, that's been through a pandemic after they get out or quote unquote, get out of the pandemic kind of fell on hard times with coach Brandon. Um, uh, just, it was a wild time. He comes, West Miller comes in, takes the job, has four and five stars wanting to come to this yeah. school. Like I'm telling you right now, just being in the world of AU basketball and being out and about, it's crazy to believe that there's this energy behind Bearcat basketball. Look, we haven't been to the NCAA tournament since when? 2019, I believe, or 18, 2018. <clears throat> Jeez. Like, it's been a while, right? There's, 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 you know, no signature thing. But obviously the Big 12 helps. Going to Jordan helps. All that helps with recruiting. But you've got to have not only that head coach and your staff selling what you're doing, that vision. And he's great at that. Um, so, you know, hats off to him. Um, <clears throat> I think he's great with fans. I think he's even better with the community. Um, he's been out and about at different community events, uh, community events that I'm part of that he hasn't taken any credit for being at, wasn't publicized, um, didn't want any um, visibility with it. It was just the right thing to do. Hats off to him for that. He's great with donors like John Cunningham. Like he knows how to play the game. Um, he's beyond excellent with former players. Uh, the former players, I think the ones that have interacted with him, love him. And there are more former players that are getting involved with the basketball program and kind of coming back. And once they, and one of the great things too, like JT, um, <clears throat> one of the great things about Wes is, you know, he's an outsider to the Bearcat program. So he's coming into this thing like, Look, I don't know a lot of these former players. I want to meet you. I want to get you get to know you. I don't have a preconceived idea who you are. Yeah. You know what I mean? And yeah, sure. I think he's done a I think he's done an excellent job with like, hey, give me a chance. I'm gonna give you a chance. I don't care what the past regime has thought. Yep. It's a clean slate. And, Not for sure. And I and I think that's important to a lot of these guys. And that's why a lot of the guys have uh, come back and embraced uh him in the program. Uh lastly. Is the uh, the Jordan deal too? Um, obviously, he wanted one of the keys with him and that whole Jordan deal was he wanted it really, really bad. And when you get your head coach telling your athletic director, "Hey, dude, get this done. It's going to impact recruiting, our apparel sales, our branding. It's gonna it's gonna enhance everything. It's gonna enhance." When we're now in the Nike EYBL circuit, we're going to get JT, as we talked about, we're going to get more players. Yep. Him pushing so hard was important in him. Um, I think working the Jordan people as well and working all the angles. He, he, he definitely um, needs flowers for that. So I'm, I'm going to give Wes an A minus. And I, I just think um, he's going to do a fantastic job moving forward. I mean, it's continue every, every time I open up Twitter or X or whatever it's called and, yeah. Social media. I hear about another recruit looking at UC. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I mean, you guys, JT, you guys are more in tune with recruiting than I am. Um, but I see it every day. Yeah, for sure, man. No, it's legit. Um, yeah, I mean, they 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 swing. They're swinging. Like you know, you taking shots at the goal. That's it. That's all. That's all you can ask for. Yep. And most and people are receptive because they're that's building it. relationships with these young men and <laughs> giving them a chance. Yeah, and you talk about the recruiting. I mean, it's not every day you're in contention for 
the consensus number one player in the country like Wes Miller was just last season. So that's another huge aspect too, to really put into figuration was, you know, he's able to recruit, get these four or five stars and being on that Nike EYBL circuit is huge nowadays. And we've seen that across the country. So, I mean, you're bringing in that high talent and it's something about the Nike and the Jordan. It's able, you're able to use that recruit better. And it's something a lot of people are going to look at. Yeah. I I was at, uh, on Sunday, I was at a facility called Griffin elite in Kentucky Mm -hmm. and I was watching high school basketball games and they had um, a lot of our local teams at Cupcath, Cooper high school, Centerville where Gabe cups went and Kings high school uh, were playing teams from out of state. And you had some prep schools. Um, Didn't Cooper beat? uh, No. What team beat Huntington prep this weekend, right? That was Newport. Newport. Yeah, I saw that. Saw that. Yep. yep. There was a lot of talent hey. um, here in Cincinnati. What were we gonna say, JT? Oh, how, how was Jerry Easter? How how was seeing him live? Good. Good. He's a really good player. Um, he played Cooper, was it? I think so. I saw the clip. I remember. Um, I know you from Toledo. I know that. I feel like we we offered him maybe last year. I want to say he was probably. I would say there were two players that I thought were the best players to translate to the college game right away. He was one of them for sure. Okay. Yeah. I was a big, big fan. Matter of fact, I was sitting with at that game, I was sitting with Jeff Massey who played at Xavier, who's the assistant at Toledo and grew up with his dad. Okay. He was, cause he's from originally for the kids from Toledo, right? Yeah. Yeah. So Jeff Massey was talking about, you know, like this kid's the real, I think like UCLA offered him. Yeah, he got some legit offers. I think, oh no, Ohio State, we've offered him. He's gotten like I know he got like a legit 15, like power five or power schools yeah. already, I think, if I'm not mistaken. But I know it's legit, like it's been like no fluff offers. I I, I like his game. I like his game a lot. Yeah. There were man, there were so many good players. Like there were kids there, because there was a lot of prep schools there. But what I was getting to is one of the teams was warming up and one of the kids had on a UC Jordan shirt. Word? Yeah. And I was like, I looked at the guy next to me. I was like, wait a minute, where where's this team from? And he's like, South Carolina. And I'm like, why has he got on a UC shirt? I didn't get a chance to talk to the kid, but I was just like, oh, that's 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 pretty dope. He was warming up with a UC shirt on. Oh, that's dope. Was it was it JJ Rembert? Um, I don't know his name. He was uh, he was a smaller guard. Uh, he might be the. He was not. Might be a member. Um, I'm. I'm not. I'm not sure what his name is. That you know what? I've got that. I'd have. I don't have it with me right now. But I've got the the roster from the event. I have to go back and look at it. Um, he had like a big af, like kind of an afro with uh twisties. It might. It might be because he's like like walk on this year. This year coming up. Yeah, he's got to be a walk on. Yeah, JJ Rember because he was at the. Yeah, he was at at one of the games last week. I don't. Or he was know. at the Dayton game, the Dayton game. Yeah, so he was there Saturday. Yeah, it was JJ Rembert. Well, it's got to be him then. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I thought it was cool. I was like, oh, 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 shoot, he's wearing a. <laughs> you see yeah, that? Well, that was, I didn't get to talk to him because the environment was so hectic. I didn't get a chance to. So, Makes but sense. yeah, the, the the brand is out there. Um, the name is back out there, strong. Big Twelve, Jordan, and you just gotta 
give a lot of credit to John and, and, and Wes. And they've got, listen, John Cunningham has a very, very tough job. Like, that is not an easy job. And I think the way he's navigated through a lot of things, he deserves a lot more credit, I think, um, you know, than what he what he's getting from, from Bearcat fans. The Twyman segment, sponsored by Visionary Cleaners. Visionary Cleaners is a locally owned company by former Bearcat student-athletes. They specialize in high-quality commercial cleaning at businesses, apartment, and pre- and post-construction cleans. You can contact them at 513-388-7816 or contact online at visionarycleaners.com. Now, fellas, this concludes another great podcast. Thanks to all of our sponsors, Donahue Accounting Services, Smart Dog Solutions, Greg Hood and the Beachmont Toyota, and Visionary Cleaners. We want to remind all Bearcat fans out there to visit Meals Pizzeria 2634, short vine before and after all Bearcat football and basketball games. Get there early because the place is packed on Bearcat game days. Thanks to Kelly and Richard Meals for the support of the Bearcat Tip-Off Talk podcast. <clears throat> we got to figure out what game we're going to do. Yeah. We got, we got, we got, we got to get on that. We're going to do something in uh, January, February, right? For sure. hundred percent. We get, definitely got to figure it out though. Yeah. That, that'd be fun, man. I love, I love going to Mio's and, and the, you know, the Bearcat, I tell you what, Bearcat fans love Mio's. Like that place is packed before Bearcat games, away games. That's kind of like become, you know, the epicenter for, for Bearcat fans. So we're gonna have a lot of, a lot of fun there. You're listening to the Bearcat Tip-Off Talk podcast presented by Donahue Accounting Services. For friendly expert tax advice, whenever you need to come to Donahue Accounting Services, <clears throat> a leading accounting firm in Cincinnati, Ohio, our top-notch accountants strive to help you resolve all your financial and tax issues. Call Donahue Accounting Services today for a free consultation at 513-528-3982 or visit online DonahueAccountingService.com. Thanks for listening to another episode of the Bearcat Tip-Off Talk podcast presented by Donahue Accounting Services. Go Bearcats.